Welcome to the Eastman Dental Podcast, where we hope to inspire, motivate and provide education from our guests' experience. So Josh, who's coming on our podcast this week? On the podcast this week, Julia, I'm excited to say we're going to be joined by Jane Cooney. Initially pursuing dental nursing to get the experience to apply for medical nursing, Jane never actually made that transition and has been a dental nurse for the last 22 years. Although she'd say that it has been challenging, Jane describes it as a rewarding lifelong career. Well, the reason why I'm so passionate about encouraging uh, dental nurses to do post-qualifications is it might not make any difference to your wage at the time and your position within the, either dental practice or whichever dental setting. Um, eventually it will, and it certainly has for me. Initially, she worked in general dental practice, then moved into the dental hospital before finding her niche in community dentistry, working with vulnerable members of society. Since then, she's worked on a number of exciting projects, both within the NHS, the local council, as well as for dental industry, and has spent a lot of her time as a special care dental nurse working with dementia patients. Jane has an interesting and varied career, and I cannot wait to delve into this further. Yeah, that sounds really interesting and I'm so thrilled that we're getting a chance to talk to Jane today to raise awareness on lots of those topics. And if you'd have told me at the beginning of my career I would have ended up where I am now, it's, I, I wouldn't have believed you. And I really believe it, it is because of of um, partly anyway, you know, doing post-qualifications. With your hosts, Josh Hudson and Julia Bruin. So Jane, it's interesting because uh, I think your original plan was to pursue maybe uh, more medical nursing rather than dental nursing. So that obviously didn't happen, but I'm quite interested to hear what, what's the story there. Um, so it was really because my mum was uh, a nurse and I can just remember, you know, uh, as a child, she used to bring home um, clinical gowns and syringes with no needles and bandages and all sorts of things and, and you know, um, playing with my sister, playing nurses. And that's what I wanted to do when I was growing up. Um, and I thought dental nursing is sort of would be a great experience and a step in the right direction before applying. And then before I knew it, I was married with a mortgage and children and it wasn't, it was just never the right time yeah. uh, to go into general nursing. Is that something that you, in hindsight, wish that you had done or are you quite satisfied with the, the dental nursing side of things and all the things that you've done since then? No, no, I think I've had a really great uh, career journey. I've been very lucky um, with my career and um, some of the choices I've been, I've made. Um, I'm happy that I've, I've stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Normal hours, no, yeah. no, normal no hours. night shifts. And it sounds like you've, you know, you say the choices. You've done a great deal in your profession. I mean, that's why we've got you on this podcast. We we want to hear these stories. We want to hear your journey and see what you've been up to historically and perhaps what you've been up more recently because it sounds like it's been quite a journey for you in that 22 years of being a dental nurse. Yeah, so um, I never thought of myself as just a dental nurse ever I always Good. don't like that yeah. word. I just... hate that word I absolutely hate that phrase that term of phrase mm. I think dental nurses are so skilled 
and next to probably air traffic controllers, <laughs> we are up there in terms of skills. You just cannot, even dentists can't do dental nurse roles. Ask them where you keep the out in it, they don't know, or how to mix it, they've no idea. <laughs> That's my experience. Do you know, I, I really <laughs> like that similarity. That's quite an interesting, wasn't, isn't it? Because you're absolutely right. You don't know where things are. No, um, let alone sometimes. how to mix things. And yeah. uh, I mean, the skills that it takes to be a dental nurse is it's a massive list, right from being able to communicate um, with with people. You have to be super organised. You have to be able to work under a lot of stress and pressure. The um, um, infection control side is now really massive. It's yes. certainly changed yes. so much. Um, the long hours as well. Um, and I just don't think... Yeah, because you're there before everybody there. You know, swans in and <laughs> swans thing, home. <laughs> you're out last. Yeah. Um, and um, I just think that, that people don't know, the profession don't really see what it takes to be a dental nurse. And I never saw it as it's just a job. Um, I saw it right from the beginning as this is a real opportunity to build a career. Yes, and a, and a lifelong career. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many different pathways as well and so many post-qualifications I'm very passionate around um, that are available to dental nurses now. Um, it's certainly developing. It's come a long, a long way, certainly since I started 20 million years ago. So so <laughs> what, what, when you talk about these um, post-qualifications, perhaps tease that out a little bit more for our listeners, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so... Um, Things have probably changed since I qualified, but yeah, when I started, you had to be working for at least two years before you could then do the course. Uh, the choice was you either qualified through a dental hospital, so you're working there as a trainee nurse, or as I did it, I worked in general practice um, and then after, I think, a year chair side. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I think it was a year. I then went to night school for a year um, to study and then take the exam, so that's your um, dental nurse qualification. Um, but then after that, there are lots of post-qualifications that enable dental nurses to um, sometimes do treatment themselves, such as taking x-rays, yeah. um, taking dental impressions. Yeah, this enhanced sort of scope of practice is yeah. definitely coming into its own, isn't yeah, it? And I think absolutely. that you've had quite a lot of experience of that. Yeah, I have. I'm quite proud of the post-qualifications that I've done. I will say at the time, um, it didn't mean because I, I got an additional qualification, I got any more money, <laughs> any more wages. And of course, you end up um, with lots of additional duties to other nurses, um, but frustrated because you weren't necessarily being financially compensated for it. But the reason why I'm so passionate about encouraging uh, dental nurses to do post-qualifications is it might not make any difference to your wage at the time and your position within the, either dental practice or whichever dental setting, um, eventually it will. And it certainly has for me. So you've obviously done lots of different things uh, in your career. Can you just give us a little bit of a summary of what you've done between that point of initially qualifying and then obviously where you are now? Yes, uh, certainly. So uh, I started off um, as a trainee dental nurse in general practice um, um, which was a great start. I then took my uh, exam at the Dental Hospital of Manchester and thought, wow, what an amazing place. 
And, and then as soon as I qualified, I got a job at the dental hospital um, in children's and orthodontics. Um, and that's when I started getting my post-qualifications. Um, so I, I got sedation and um, oral health there. Uh, and then after that, that's when I went over to community. Um, so community is mainly special care, um, a lot of children, home visits, anaesthetic sedation, but also um, fourth and fifth year dental students. Quite a range there. Yeah. I mean, that is, you, you, you couldn't, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's an awful lot of different things that you're doing. So obviously very different skill set with all of those patients. Yeah, completely different to practice. Um, and again, uh, I did more post-qualifications. So there was less a sort of a hierarchy with the dentist because because I could take the, the impressions or I could take the x-rays or do the oral health with patients. Sometimes the dentist would go and make a, the cup of tea while I was treating, you know, with the patient. Yeah. So a, a different balance, really. And obviously gave you a bit more, you felt a bit more empowered, a bit more yeah. involved in the patient's care. If you're taking a radiograph, yeah. if you're giving oral health advice, this this really gives you a, an additional connection with the patient. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't put that better, really. It wasn't just... People think we just mix fillings and, and aspirate all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it was great. It was more, you felt like you were working as a team rather than yes. under the dentist all the time. Exactly, yeah, utilising the skills of the whole team. And yeah. I think you've, you've mentioned a few times about the additional skills that dental nurses can gain. And, and it's great that they can do that, but finding a job where you can use them is yeah. probably the most important thing. And, and finding somebody who is empowering you to be able to use them as well, I'm sure, is, is really important as part of that. Yeah, I think we had a great manager who she um, always saw the benefit of um, and really encouraged us actually to do additional uh, qualifications. But for like, you've, you've said it exactly as, as I would, Julia, that, that it just, I've just got so much more job satisfaction yeah. being able to do these additional. Um, I think it is frustrating <laughs> that one doesn't get perhaps necessarily the financial recognition. Yeah. But, you know, let's be honest, people in certain d- dental settings are are not doing it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There, there, there's a whole choice of different <laughs> locations where we can all work at the moment, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, and I think job satisfaction and motivation and inspiration comes in lots of different guises. So it is interesting to hear that you have a particular passion for people continuing their education and improving it because it does make a difference even if it doesn't make a difference now yeah and I think also employers need to look at it more as an investment in their staff I think if you show willing that you you want to staff to have extra skills yeah additional responsibility they're more likely to stay yeah and that's a big issue at the moment for sure isn't it absolutely especially dental nurses absolutely so when you were um doing your um, community dental work, you were quite involved in a dementia um, initiative. And clearly that's a that's a subject that we're talking much more about than we ever used to. It obviously yeah. has been around for many years, but somehow we're talking about it more. Yeah. Can you perhaps talk through that sort of um, side of your job? Yeah, so I was really lucky. Um, I had a secondment 
and to be part of the, the uh, Greater Manchester Dementia Friendly Dentistry Programme. Um, and this allowed dental settings to be recognised as dementia friendly. Um, they had um, four parts of it that they had to pass in order to get the award. They also received a £200 incentive that, that they, um, they spent on something to improve the practice. One of our practices painted all the doors blue. Um, so because someone with dementia, it, it can affect their vision. And uh, so it made, really, made I the doors no yeah. <laughs> more obvious to a patient with dementia. So um, so my role as part of that programme was to go into these practices. I'd audit them to see how dementia friendly or not the practice was um, and uh, make suggestions how they could improve around that. I'd also train the staff to become uh, dementia friends. And then we had, run by Health Education England, we had evening sessions where the whole dental team would, would come. We had various speakers. I spoke at that as well. Interesting and highly rewarding project, I would imagine. I did it for two years and I enjoyed every single moment of that secondment. It was, it just made such a difference. Um, and to the, this day, I took my son recently for an orthodontic appointment at one of my practices. I trained, the certificate was there. They had the blue doors. They, they, they designed, they've got new surgeries around the um, bright colours so the dental chair was more obvious. Just little make, making little changes, which are having big impacts to patients with dementia, but also their families. That's really interesting. Yep. And the point of the, the programme as well was if somebody gets um, diagnosed with dementia, to encourage dentists to deliver treatment earlier rather than later. The issue we're having in Greater Manchester, but I imagine everywhere is patients are um, getting to later stage dementia, so very difficult to treat. Yeah. Not really a good idea to give anybody a general anaesthetic, mm. um, but then they're having a dental emergency, so a very large swollen face. Um, and it is causing a problem and of course it's quite dangerous um yeah. so yeah it was really vital work and and i thoroughly enjoyed every second of that and if it, i don't think if it wasn't for covid i might have stayed you know stayed there permanently <laughs> so that's really interesting did you completely stop your clinical side of things when you were doing that or um, did you... no so i managed to do that three days a week and i was still nursing two days a week so um yeah, I had my work cut out. Yeah, busy, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And do you think that the the one aspect of that dementia kind of orientated job, did that filter into your clinical work? Was that something you were more aware of as a result of doing that? Or Yeah, yeah, 100%. Part of um, community is home visits quite often to elderly patients. And it, it just makes you think about um, your communication. Um, and like I said, you know, trying to avoid this situation that we've got and it is a real problem with patients developing you know dementia and that they're at the later stages accessing urgent dental treatment it is it is a problem and you've written an article on this very subject because obviously dementia is deeply dear to your dental heart yes so talk us through what made you decide to write the journal article and perhaps try and Give some people who might be listening to this podcast think, oh, do you know, I wonder whether I could, you know, is there an article in me? So perhaps talk us through several of those things. Well, again, I was approached, to, they, they approached me, would I do it? Um, and I'd never written an article before. I didn't know what to expect. And it was more, they they helped me really. They broke it down into questions. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was a little bit around my dental career, how I ended up being a part of that program. Yeah. Um, and again, just really trying to inspire young dental nurses at the beginning of the career to look at doing post qualifications because you never know where it might lead. Um, and if you'd have told me at the beginning of my career, I would have ended up where I am now. It's, I, I wouldn't have believed you. And I really believe it, it is because of, of um, partly anyway, you know, doing post qualifications. So you've done this article. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, they approached you. But what's your feeling about people approaching societies or journals with an idea? I think it's a great opportunity for um, for anybody to, who's had an interesting journey to inspire, you know, younger dental staff um, that that there are still career pathways within dental nursing. Um, I think certainly when you're in practice as well, um, you can feel a little bit pigeonholed, and and actually there are lots of different avenues through dental nursing. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's is a, a good opportunity to inspire. inspire uh, and the and there's people. a lot of professional societies out there who are championing these these groups of people within yeah. the dental setting. So, yeah. and that's what we need more than anything. Um, that's what we need is is these societies and these groups um, to support dental staff. I mean, the trouble is you can't do it alone, can you? No, you, you know, we, we do need to do it collaboratively. Yes. So how do these people get involved in societies? How do they do these journal writings? Um, so um, I think social media is great now. So that there's lots of information online and um, you can sign up, join in um, or even just follow. And it, I personally find it, it's very inspiring. You can join communities online as well, get chatting to people, get to know people. And, you know, it's a, it can be a good journey that way. Let's just draw that out a little bit more. So uh, talking about inspiring younger colleagues and letting dental nurses know that there's more opportunity than maybe just, not just, maybe sitting chairside <laughs> and, 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 and being in a career where they maybe want to do things differently. So if there was somebody who's listening to this who might be thinking, do you know what? Yeah, I want to do something different. I want to <clears throat> expand my skill set. I want to do something maybe outside of the surgery and they're inspired by your journey. What advice would you give to somebody who's in that position who wants to do something differently? I know I sound like a broken record, <laughs> but post-qualifications, it's not just about going to do, you know, uh, get an additional responsibility. Just meeting people, if you, I, I'm that sort of person, I prefer going into a classroom rather than doing anything online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I prefer that networking. Yep. And I think that's where it starts. So I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have met my friend Emma, who put me forward and I've, you know, met her at an event. I think, friend of a friend, it is a lot. Dentistry is a lot about networking. You're amazed when you, and you'll, you'll agree with me, Julie, who you know, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. or somebody knows you. Yeah. And actually, you know, we talk about networking, but, you know, we've quite often talked with our guests about what a lonely profession it is in some ways. And it's always a bit of a contradiction with me with that sort of thing that we're, we're talking like this. But actually, and I, I can't quite put my finger on why why it's like that, but 
people quite often say it is lonely. So we, you're right. We do need to get out there and, and network. And I think the whole COVID thing made us go online a lot more. But now, actually, that's all over. We really need to get out there and do things, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Health education and loads of events, training events. Um, and they're absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'm sure that there are other, I mean, we're talking about health yeah. education, England, yeah. but we mustn't forget all of the other nations yeah. Um, yeah. have lots of initiatives too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there'll be conferences, there'll be groups yeah. that you can just meet up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the more the merrier. And also there's magazines and articles and, and things like that. I think it's it's quite massive really. And yes, I understand what you're saying about the feeling of being lonely yeah. um, in it. But I think if you prepare to just take that step forward and reach out, yeah. look for these groups, start joining online communities, it doesn't have to be. Oh, that's that's good advice for perhaps the people, like you say, Josh, who are, who are needing a little bit of a direction um, shift. Yeah, for sure. And I think that brings us beautifully onto what you're doing now which is is getting out there and speaking to people and, and yeah. getting involved with different things more so do you want to talk us a little bit about where you've now ended up working yeah so um so you mentioned covid before so um i did for a year and a half work for a council nothing to do with dentistry but they wanted um so one of my passions was infection control was infection control lead for many years so that was around um managing um outbreaks of covid mainly in schools nurseries um nursing homes i also did a little bit of project work again nothing to do with dentistry um around uh, ventilation in care homes and it was absolutely fascinating work but um and it it's i needed to work from home for personal reasons so it ticked that box and then um I was approached to apply for the job I'm currently in as a medical sales representative. The reason why it interests me is because it's still about mouth care. So it's still doing what I'm passionate about. Um, even though it's the first time I've not worked for the NHS, I still feel like I am because I'm out in hospitals talking to staff, talking to nursing staff and speech and language therapists. Um, and do you think like your that. sort of dental nurse background has enabled that transition yeah. from from going outside the tr traditional sort of dental setting to now being in a setting where you can advise people on particular products and... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I think that the time has, has gone now that... Um, what staff want is somebody with a little bit of medical knowledge. They love the fact I've been a dental nurse. But so when I talk about infection control, I can talk about it from an experience point of view. Um, I just think it gives me that little bit of an edge, a little bit of a niche. Yeah. Um, and perhaps a bit of confidence to, yeah. to stand up and be listened to because uh, yeah, I think sometimes we're not always... You know, we have a bit of an imposter syndrome sometimes, don't we? Yes. I think sometimes we, you know, we should champion our past experiences a little bit more than we do. Yeah, but it's also been great for my learning because I, um, you're probably aware that um, if a patient's very poorly, and certainly for the ventilator, they have a tube that goes down their throat into the lungs. If the staff don't clean the mouth properly, um, a patient can develop pneumonia. And um, a, a lot of staff don't realise that comes from the mouth. Mm -hmm. um, in 80% of cases, pneumonia 
the, the virus comes from, sorry, the bacteria comes from the mouth. So I can, I've, that's my little bit of learning. It's absolutely yeah. fascinating. So, well, that really came into its own during COVID, of course, where, where lots yeah, yeah. of people were now being ventilated. I mean, yeah. I think the dental world will know, dare I say it, what a dirty place it is. Yes. But, <laughs> but the rest of our medical colleagues may not have had a concept no. of how dirty, even in a clean mouth, how dirty it is. And part of my training, one of the first questions I'll ask staff is, guess how many um, in a healthy mouth, how many bacteria you've got? So I get, I might get a million, but the answer is sixty-four billion, and that's in a healthy mouth. So a mouth that hasn't been looked after or cleaned, it's a lot more. And you know, um, I just feel very fortunate to be in a position that I'm still helping patients. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I'm still making a difference. It's it's and in some cases keeping them alive, keeping frankly. them alive, improving patient journeys. But also we know about the NHS, it's also about if someone develops pneumonia, they, they end up needing additional treatment. It costs the NHS more, it blocks beds as well. So I'm part of this dynamic team who are very caring and very focused around improving patients' journeys. And like you said before, I still get to go out and talk to NHS staff. I like a chat <laughs> <laughs> and I still feel like I'm helping. So um, but I do feel very lucky that. I have had this clinical background um, and I think, you know, the staff appreciate that. I think it gets me through more doors. So for people that are thinking about maybe doing something different within their dental career, quite often people look towards maybe um, working for companies, maybe being a, a sales representative. So you can just talk a little bit more about the, the benefits, the, the kind of pros of doing something like that and maybe also the challenges uh, from your perspective. Um, so the benefits are... You get to use your knowledge. Um, I've had over 20 years working within dental in some way or another. Um, being able to use your communication skills, seeing the whole benefits of whatever products um, you're selling mm -hmm. and how they make a difference, certainly to patients and to staff. Um, and it's great just to have a new challenge. It's something a, a little bit different. Um, the challenges I found, so I've obviously never worked in the corporate world before. So it's just been getting my head around a little bit of that and understanding yeah. that. Um, and also the challenges of, of selling, I suppose. Not everybody wants to buy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and so I've definitely developed my persuasion skills that I'd, I'd say. But usually you can think But your around. persuasion skills, it's that that's where these things are very interweaved, aren't they? We, you're, you're persuading people to buy things, mm -hmm. but historically you were persuading people to have treatment. You yeah. know, yeah. or, yeah, yeah. or to, an oral yes. health, your health yeah. um, And funny enough, that's what I said in my interview was, I feel like I've always sold mindsets and concepts. So right down to this is why you brush your teeth this way right down to this is why you, sh you should join my project. Yes. Uh, and now this this is why you should look at your oral health routines. And guess what? I've got some really good tools that can support that and bring your pneumonia rates down. So I think I've always had that persuasive way about me. I was perhaps using it a little bit more yeah. <laughs> within and this just, And role. just in a different direction, yeah. in the same way that you did with your dementia patients to your paediatric patients. It's yeah. 
Yeah. It's no different, really, is it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, it, it feels like a completely different direction, but but really, I think I'm just maximising my experience and my skills. I'm lucky that I'm part of a really great team who have been nothing but supportive and you know, showing me the ropes. all of the time, don't we? It's all about the people that you work with. Yeah, yeah and it is. It is. Um, it's your work family. You can you spend more time with them than your own family. Um, and if you don't get on with them, then you, you'd leave, <laughs> wouldn't you? You just there'd be no point. So, um, I think I've I've have felt fallen really lucky, I've fallen on my feet. So you'd recommend it if somebody was thinking about that kind of career change? Absolutely. I can't say any more. Absolutely. <laughs> and what about your clinical practice because you're very passionate talking about your community background and special care and pediatrics do you miss the the clinical side of dentistry is that something that you miss or do you feel like you did enough of that and it, you need a new kind of journey <laughs> you never say never and it's not to say that I would never go back to it but I'm enjoying a little bit of a change and yeah. a break right now um but I think I've got in with a very good company who are very focused around personal and professional development. Uh, um, I think I can see myself having a career path with them um, and moving up through the ranks, hopefully. <laughs> but you never say never, do you? <laughs> Historically, you talked about um, assisting fourth and fifth year dental students in your community setting and I think that's just quite an interesting story because obviously you're shaping their entire career and about how they practice dentistry on a very large group of patients that are going to be walking through their door uh, and shaping those dental experiences for life so what was that like? It was fantastic really Um, I don't think how can I put this? It's totally different treating children um, than it is. Well, there's a lot of people out there that are going to totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there is something in being able to communicate, you know, speak to children, um, explain in language they understand what's going to happen, how it's going to feel, what it's going to look like. Yes. Um, And it's all about encouraging that child to accept dental treatment it's never quick with a child you know they might need a few visits to the dental surgery just to have a look around have a ride on the chair uh hear what the, the drill sounds like oh what's that button uh can i press it oh it sprays water <laughs> <laughs> to learn that language to get them to accept treatment so um so yeah we had um uh, fourth and fifth year dental students come to us twice a week to experience that and um, because I'd done my radiography as well um, I uh, then also had the job of teaching dental students how to take dental x-rays which you think shouldn't be that different but again it's about the language you use um, with children um, uh, showing them letting them hold the film this, this is how it feels this is where it's going to go using that sort of language to get them to accept the treatment and um, I loved working with students um, and and they found it very valuable being able to to treat children. No, I'm 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 sure that would would be interesting. I yeah. mean, challenging at times, I'm sure. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm not necessarily talking about the patients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> but I think it's very grounding, right? When you because we've all all around this table have, have spent time with students and I think it really grounds you and know like you were talking about radiography appreciating what you know and the skills that you have when you're trying to impart that on somebody else and realizing you might not really realize what you've got until you have to 
try and teach it to somebody else and I, in my experience at least it's really grounding to have students around and I don't know if that's something that that you felt as well and you know I think the, these people teach you something I yeah. mean they teach you something about yourself I think they, they teach themselves things while they're in that learning environment and I think you know if you if you've got two students that you're working with they, they'll bounce off each other and and learn things from you so I think um yeah Really, yeah, absolutely. Really very I mean, satisfying element yeah. of your job, I'm sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Being part of that teaching environment as well, um, because I, I'm just really for education, um, was really, really good and healthy for me. Um, and if you get a really enthusiastic student and they want to do well and they want to learn loads yeah. and they're the, the quite grateful as well. It, it's well, it's quite a privileged really nice moment experience. seeing those yeah. light bulb moments, those yes. observations yeah, of, yes. of patient care really going well. You know, yeah. that that's a lot of people that's happy. That's a happy patient. That's a happy parent, happy yes. student. And, you know, that that's that's quite a buzz. You can get a, quite a kick out of all of that going on. Yeah, I think you could probably understand as well that um, treating a child, like you said, the, the, the parents or the grown-up might be there. It can be quite nerve-wracking, you know, you're a dental student and to see somebody go through that and flourish and get their confidence delivering, you know, those treatments. Um, and and actually, you know, we're just talking about children here, but, you know, we have we have talked about your dementia work. Yes, so it's quite and extreme. Actually, you know, that's, that, that's really the other extreme of it, isn't it? Yes, yeah, definitely. Because... And everything in between though as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah. No, very, yeah. very interesting, very interesting. So another aspect of your career that we, we haven't talked about yet is the triaging dental emergency calls. And I think this was something you were doing even before COVID, is that right? Yeah, so um, just about six months before COVID, um, I got a, a job with the um, Greater Manchester Urgent Dental Service triaging on the phone. So it was working with 111, but the dental bit. And I literally had one shift every other Friday night. I used to travel to Bury um, and work in the office on there. So um, within six months, COVID had hit. Yeah, and that changed things a lot. It, like you <laughs> wouldn't, I can, can't even imagine the change. Yeah, yeah, it was massive because all of a sudden you could still in COVID see a doctor if you were very unwell, but you weren't allowed to see a dentist under any yeah i mean three months of total closure of all services wasn't it um you know we got a situation where somebody's got quite a large swollen face that can turn urgent life-threatening mm-hmm. so then what would happen is we'd just have to send somebody to a e which was just especially during covid yeah. it's the last place anybody wants to go so we'd we'd gone from um we might have three or four dental nurses on um, and at quite nice pace to we're absolutely bombarded with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people waiting to get through and speak to a nurse. Uh, uh, the, the company were very good. They made it so we could work from home. So I've gone from this one shift every other Friday night to pretty much most nights. Um, I, I, I was helping. It was my way of giving back. Yeah. Um, I worked with a fantastic manager um, there who was just so grateful for anybody jumping on and being able to help. Um, I just felt dreadfully sorry for some patients who were just in agony and other than us either sending them to A&E or they could speak to a dentist over the phone who would prescribe antibiotics if it was appropriate. That was pretty much all they could do. And then, of course, we'd give self-help 
help advice to them. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. So I did that for two and a half years. Um, very, very pressured I was going to say exhausting, actually, yes. and yeah, yeah. actually perhaps a bit emotional. I mean, as yes. well as physically, when you're dealing with those amount of phone calls and and that time when things were just very uncertain for people, weren't they? I mean, that yeah. that that must have been really hard. Yeah, but that mixed in with the situation of people can't find dentists to register with. I know that could be a whole other podcast, yeah. <laughs> right there. Um, but but yeah, very pressurized, very stressed staff. Jane, this, these stories coming out of this triage service sound quite amazing, really. I mean, quite a difficult, quite a challenging time yeah. and quite a privileged situation to, to sit there and listen to these patients and try yeah. and support people. So yeah. w- have I got it right? Was it that hard? Uh, yes. So so we had hundreds of people wanting to speak to someone Um uh we had to do it with, well the average call time they wanted to be was six minutes so wow. <laughs> so that's to take someone's details understand the problem and then you really got a time advice. going or were you just keeping an eye I was on just always mindful of right. it we had a great manager so some patients especially um you know might have mental health problems of course would take longer than that yeah and then giving them the correct signposting so the responsibility of that job is if somebody is in um danger so have got a severe dental emergency if you have to call an ambulance you have to call an ambulance or send them straight to a it's your responsibility or do they need just advice you know pain management and so on or do they need an appointment and that's the dental triage nurse's decision to make so quite a lot of responsibility yeah. under a pressure environment grateful we had such a great manager um but a, at the same time, felt so sorry for some patients who were just in so much pain during COVID, couldn't find a dentist. Um, that's a whole other podcast. I could go on about that for ages. But so I did that for two and a half years. It really was my opportunity to give back um, and also use my knowledge as well. Yeah. And I'm sure they were very grateful. I mean, that's... You're right. That's that's an opportunity of giving things back, isn't it? That's yeah, a hundred percent. That's a real life thing. And I've made some lifelong friends with all of the dental nurses because you need that peer to peer support when you're doing a job like that, especially if you've had a distressing call. I was just going to say, I think you know, it's that it's that end of shift time, isn't it, of yeah. everybody just yeah. sort of coming down together? Because mm-hmm. I Not would even imagine end of shift sometimes. Sometimes you would just get a very distressed patient. And you just felt like you couldn't carry on. And it would just take a phone call to one of your colleagues or the manager just to, like you said, just talk through it, uh, you know, and so enabled you to, to carry on. You know, on. We, there are so many stuff we could do a podcast on COVID, couldn't we? Yeah. Because actually yeah. there there are some absolutely amazing stories yeah. that have come out of it. I mean, I think that depending on your experience of it depends on what your feelings are about whether it was a positive or a negative experience, but there are so many good things that have come out of it. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, yeah. I realise that I might have rose-tinted spectacles, but <laughs> I think dentistry has really come out of this very well. I think it's come out of it very well because I think people are working more collaboratively together the roles of people are changing because they're realizing that those roles can be spread out amongst people so and and yours is a wonderful example of that 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is I just felt fortunate that I was working full time for the council. Again, helping with COVID outbreaks with vulnerable people, schools, nurseries, and that sort of thing. And then also being able to help on on um, the 111 service. So there were so many people that, that lost their jobs and things like that. And I was the opposite. I just got busier. Yeah, too many jobs. But yes, no, it was nice to be helpful, I'm sure. That's the thing because, you know, not everybody could do something to help, but it was nice to feel that we could help and that there was something useful that we could do. Yeah, and that's exactly how I, how I felt Um so there's been lots of things we've talked about and we haven't obviously been able to talk about everything, but perhaps just let's finish by talking about what's the future for Jane. So I'm just really early in my new career as a medical sales rep um, and I'm loving every second of this role. Um, as I said before, just feel very fortunate to have got this role. I can still help patients Um I'm, you know, it's still around what I'm passionate about, with it, uh, with it, which is oral health. And um, the company that I'm with, I think, are um, really keen in developing staff, and I think there's some good career pathways within there. So, get to get with this role first, maybe for the next <laughs> few years. If there's any training um, opportunities, of course, I'll take it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I really see my future um, still within the medical field. All I've ever wanted to do is is help people right from the beginning. Um, I was only ever wanted to be a nurse as I was growing up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to stick with what I'm doing, I imagine. I, I just love the team that I'm working with and the, the company are really looking after me. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like nothing more than you deserve. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you so you much, so for, much for coming us. into the podcast. No, thank you for being asked. I feel really honored. Thank you so much. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. We would love to hear your suggestions for future guests. Remember to follow us on social media using hashtag the Eastman Dental Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please rate, share, subscribe and listen out for future episodes. <laughs> <laughs>